a conglomerate of highly secure top secret locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, the podcast whose magic number is eternally zero. I am your host, Mike Finger, with Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot, beat writers Tom Ringo Orsborne, and the polarizing Jeff McDonald. And I just want to say right away, it has become abundantly clear that for a franchise with five championships and the pride and history of of just decades of success, an organization like that does not just back into the 10th seed. It seizes the 10th seed with gusto. And that is what we are seeing the local cagers, the San Antonio Spurs do this week. They are charging headlong into that 10th seed after dispatching the Milwaukee Bucks with great fervor on Monday night and now are, are in prime position to play in the play-in tournament. And I just wonder if you guys are as impressed as I am. Well, how about you go back and just for fun, uh, uh-huh. do the uh, do the version of that intro uh, as if we recorded it yesterday before the Utah game. From a an assortment of top secret, highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider, who uh, is falling apart much like the organization it covers. <laughs> Everything is terrible. This team is not even going to make the play-in. They should move the team to Las Vegas. What do you guys think? <laughs> yes, much, much changes in a day. <laughs> and to the point of the polarizing Jeff McDonald, uh, outlook has changed as a result of one good night. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Impressive, impressive showing for the local cagers. Does it mean anything? What what that victory does is is all it was all but assured before, but now it's just one San Antonio win or one loss by the Pelicans and Kings, and you're in this play in tournament. Um, and but it, it it is nice to see if if you're a team that's that's probably going to play a winner take all game or a, or a loser lose all game next week. Um, that that you're able to at least rise to the moment every now and then. Well, they needed to get one of these wins. Um, you say it's all but a sure, but they really needed to be Sacramento, and they really needed to get a uh, one more one more win. It's it's good to get it out of the way first, and not wait till you're sitting there and saying, "Well, I hope the Suns rest someone so they can get that win." I'll not make it e- make right. it easy on themselves, and being beating the Bucks makes it you know, kind of a statement in an impressive fashion and that you're going to, that you're into that spot. So it really pushes some momentum forward, which they needed after what they lost six or seven before that. And it only beat Sacramento. So they did it in an impressive fashion. So I think that that's, that's where it gets to be, where it's, well, it was kind of important. Yeah. Like pop pop said this, this whole week has sort of a playoff flavor to it. Uh, for the for the boys, uh, especially for the young guys, and it's uh, as he put it, it's very useful. I mean, uh, and they they were determined to get that win last night. They were locked in. Uh, they they played Milwaukee really well uh, in the first meeting up in Milwaukee, and uh, yeah, it wasn't from that standpoint. It wasn't all that surprising. They they just uh, you know they they have a formula for them. It seems like. Well, I sort of I. 
I think that's uh, the the general tone of what you just said, Tom, is correct. But I sort of would beg to differ a little bit with Coach Popovich about a whole week with playoff flavor. Because, again, like like I said last week, there's not a whole lot at stake anymore. And it's not like every night is important. And I can see, you know, they're going up to New York um, for the next couple of days to play at Brooklyn and at the Knicks. It's, it's just I, I can't see any realistic scenario where they're higher than 10th or lower than 10th. Yeah. I guess um, it ties into their long-held philosophy of peaking as they go and yeah, go into sure. the playoffs. So Sure. Albeit <laughs> a very late peak. <laughs> right. If, if that's the way that he wants to motivate his team, that's great. It's just, I, I, you know, I, I, again, and, and I'm pro play in tournament. The Spurs just seem to be that one team – out of all these uh, contenders for these six, seven, eight, nine spots that don't have a lot at stake, um, either to, to gain or to lose over this last week. But but maybe they can find uh, a flow, and that'll be what they, they play for. I'll tell you the what, NBA's though, really make, like well, the game now too. Sorry, Jeff. I was just going to say that the NBA is really going to like the play-in game now, too, if uh, the Lakers and Celtics are both there. Although they won't like it if the Lakers and Celtics both lose. That's also true. They both have to win. Yeah, the Lakers aren't losing twice. Fan bases will not like the officiating in those, in those games. Well, I'm going to say once we get to the play-in tournament, um, the Spurs are going to be tough to beat if they make 12 threes a half. That's that's a pretty yeah. good formula for success. <laughs> Where did that come from? And that that's the, that's, the, that's the thing that was surprising to me. I mean, I guess it's just complete – Variance and luck and mm-hmm. the three-point shooting game because they just went games and games not being able to hit anything, and then uh, all of a sudden they make every every so all of a sudden they hit twelve and a half against Milwaukee and seventeen for the game. They had not hit twelve uh, more than twelve three-pointers in a game since uh, you got to go all the way back to that that Atlanta game that was double overtime when they made thirteen. They made twelve threes in the first half against Milwaukee. I mean that's. When you do that, you're pretty tough to beat. I just don't know how often they can do that or anything approaching it. They, they've had so many single-digit three-point games this season because I, I was kind of going back and looking at them game by game. I mean, just so many, just like three, you know, four, five, seven, eight, and that's just so hard to win in the NBA when you when you're when you're making that few, and especially when you get to that to a play-in tournament situation where you're playing teams that that take a if they get, end up matched up with Memphis. Um, that's one thing, but I can't imagine. You, I, I think you're going to have to make threes to beat Steph Curry. That's just my um, going out on a limb there. You know what it was going back to the um, vintage Spurs Insider podcast from 2019, 2020. It's it's that Brent Forbes is a terrible defender, and that that's <laughs> clearly why the Spurs made all these three pointers is because he, he he's a sleeper cell agent dispatched by Greg Popovich. <laughs> To uh, this was he was playing a long game. CIA pop, baby. CIA pop. He was playing the long game that he 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 plucked Brent Forbes from obscurity, turned him into a viable NBA starter, then let him just uh, sabotage the team. Um, in the in the opinion of many Spurs Insider podcast viewers, and I know they're not viewers; they're listeners. Um, <laughs> But but this was all a plan that okay then he's going to have to let Brent Forbes go and it was all leading up 
to this pivotal night in May of 2021 when Greg Popovich saw years and years ago that he was going to need a victory over the Milwaukee Bucks to claim the 10th seed in the play-in tournament. It was, and that is exactly what happened. It was a yes, genius, it, it, nefarious plan to earn a uh, season season uh, split with the Milwaukee Bucks. Correct. And, and it came on the same day that Danny Green revealed that the Spurs hold people out for tactical reasons. Uh, Danny Green needs to be um, needs to have a food taster <laughs> for the foreseeable future. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Like run run all of his meals through whatever tests that got uh, Medina Spirit in the That's Kentucky right. Derby, just, you know, just just to make sure there's nothing going on there. I'd volunteer for that I mean, gig. I'd, I'd volunteer for that gig. I mean, I know you might get poisoned, yeah, I mean, but you know, I'm I'm a fat guy. I like to eat, so correct. it's worth the worth well, gamble. Also, also yesterday, uh, last night, Jakob Pertl reasserted himself as the most valuable center in the league. In the entire say, league, correct. In the entire league, yes. That, Wait, not the greatest, so- not the best, but the most valuable. I mean, his team's about to claim the 10th seeds. Yeah, think about how bad they'd be without him, though. Exactly. They might be 12th or 13th. He's clearly the most valuable center. Really, it was it was a great performance. I mean, it, 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 and, and as Pop pointed out, a career high eight assists, no turnovers. No turnovers. Yeah. Much more valuable than the Joker. Much more valuable than the Joker. Yeah. There you Strong go. Dude. But Jakob's a true Jakob is a true center. True center. That's true. That's true. That's true. None, none of this three point shooting crap for him. True center right out of nineteen ninety-eight. I will say when uh, um, Jeff mentioned the word variance, I think that's probably the expl- explanation for where all these three pointers come from. I mean, it, it's a matter of Rudy Gay and and Patty Mills and company all making them at the same time and you can't count on that to be serious for a second you're not going to count on a 12 three-pointer half in that play-in game or the second playing game or even a series if they get that far what you kind of want is those guys to spread it out and to not hit all of them on the same like you didn't need the 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 ninth tenth eleventh and twelfth one last night in the first half you could have done with six or seven. And, um, you know, you, you hope that when you move forward that you just get a few from Patty, a, a couple from Rudy. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's just hard to, to count on that because the, 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 the shooters do seem to be streaky. And when they're all missing the same night, it's rough. When they're all making the same night, you know, you get something crazy like last night. That was the, the- go ahead. Almost the whole thing was Patty Mills yeah, them, yeah. Yeah, when he hasn't for months and months. Well, not months and months, but about six Rudy's weeks. Rudy's been steady. Because um, when when they uh, when when yeah, and when Pop executed his nefarious plan to let Bryn Forbes mm-hmm. go, <laughs> it sort of um, it sort of left Patty Mills as the only really like he's your volume three point shooter that's going to approach forty percent a bunch of them. And when he doesn't do that, and when in fact he I think he started May like six of twenty six uh, after hitting like 30% in April, that's, that's just not going to cut it. And he's going to keep shooting them. Uh, and if he keeps missing them, it's a problem. If he makes them like he did last night, uh, it just, it's what's the, what's the, what's the phrase uh, it, it, uh, about ships and, and tides and all boats and stuff. Uh, it was that thing mm-hmm. that happened. Save, save um, our ship. 
Rising Tide Lifts All Boats. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rising Tide Lifts All Boats. That was Patty Mills last night. When he makes six of nine, the whole night is going to look good from three-point range. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, another player who hit, I think, three last night, um, we can talk about in greater detail the strides that he's made. Lonnie Walker um, is is not necessarily a three-point specialist, or I shouldn't have even said necessarily there. He's not a three-point specialist. But even in, um, I guess it was the Sacramento game the other night, um, was the Spurs' best player at times. Um, it seems like he is having a stretch or, or having kind of a coming out party that um, we might have seen from Keldon and DeJounte at times this year. It, it, I, I'm higher on Lonnie Walker the fourth now than I might have been uh, throughout his career so far. Yeah, toggling. Yeah, he's played well, and he's playing well. Yeah, yeah. bouncing back and forth, bench, bench. Uh, he's going to be in the Manu role now. He's starting. You know, it's just it's uh, been neat to see. He toggles back and forth, and uh, yeah, he's yeah. I, I I was impressed. I've been impressed with him. Uh, his shooting uh, of late. A lot of it with him is just, is just consistency and decision making and. Um, Learning to play at a speed that maybe is – I don't know what, I, what I'm trying to say. Like he can play at 100 miles an hour, but sometimes yeah. that's not the best way to play. Um, you know, when, when, it gets, when it gets out of whack for him, it can look bad because he's playing so fast and, and uh, so aggressively that he gets going to the rim and doesn't know what he's going to do with it and gets, you know, throws it away or challenges a shot blocker he maybe shouldn't. I think a lot of that is, is youth and, you know, learning to read situations and – things like that. But it, it, it seems like everything has sort of, um, you know, he's ma- he's making better decisions in the, in the last few games. And so you're, you're seeing it. He's knocking down the threes when he needs to, uh, when they have to come out and guard him at the three point range is uh, line. And especially against teams that don't have anybody to guard the rim. I mean, he just got, he, nobody can stop him from getting there. Yeah. And I think, I think Sean made the uh, point last night on the, on the broadcast that he's, he's finishing, finishing the rim now more yeah. than perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we've seen it. Well, and, and how to get actually that's actually the most important part of the drive is getting the ball in the basket. And he's getting to that. He's getting that. He's doing that. A little I would better. agree with that. Um, yeah. I don't think that's polarizing at all. That getting the ball in the basket is the most important part of the drive. I don't, I don't understand why people don't like you. Um, the the I don't know. I ask my mom that all the time. <laughs> she has her reasons. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into the future of. Um, you know, and, and into off-season decisions or what have you. Yet we've got time for that later, but um, in, in future podcasts. But one question that I think about a lot in watching Spurs games this year is, um, you know, right now Demar Derozan is obviously the closer, the finisher, and it should he not be around in the future. I, I, I often wonder who who becomes that guy, whether there will be one guy or multiple guys or whatever. And I think we've seen, even, even for a team that's lost, what, six of eight or however many it's been, um, you see every now and then just glimmers of possibility that it could be whether, you know, Lonnie Walker had a strong finish against Sacramento the other night. You see, even though he's been struggling, DeJounte Murray become at least that kind of playmaker um, at times. And I, I'm wondering what you guys think 
uh, how, how, how anything you've seen recently bodes for the future of, of the Spurs and, and who becomes that guy down the road? I think if DeMar DeRozan is not there tomorrow for some reason uh-huh. and the game comes down to a, uh, like a, you need a last uh, shot late, I think it might be DeJounte yeah. Murray that, that try to go to. He's, he seems to be the one guy that, like DeMar, can get to the spot he wants to get to um, for that pull-up yeah. jumper. So I, I think that's the guy I've been looking at lately as sort of the um, closer in waiting, so to speak. Lonnie, too, like you mentioned, had the good game against the Kings. He was able to get to the rim for some baskets when they needed them late. But I, when I'm thinking of, like, who are you going to go to in a tough spot when, they're, when they're, they know what you're going to do, the other team knows what you're going to do, they're going to guard it, um, they're going to put some pressure on you. DeJounte is the guy that can get to where he wants to get um, with a shot that he's comfortable with. So I, I don't I don't know that he would be great in that role right this second, but I think he's a guy that could grow into it. Possibly. Lonnie can do it at three levels. I mean he he can hit the he can hit the three as well as get. That's yeah. a good point. So too. it's uh, it's an interesting interesting question. Um, and hovering over all this, you know, we we forget that Derek White still exists. Um, ah, he, yes. he, <laughs> you know he he's not available for the rest of the season, but he could be a guy, and maybe that's how things work. And again, I'm not jumping ahead to saying DeMar is not going to be around next year, but he's not going to be around forever. And if these are your core guys, DeJounte, Lonnie, um, Derek White, Kelvin Johnson, it might just be a case of who has the best defensive matchup. But yeah, I think in, in, in sussing this out, one thing that's going to become clear at some point in the future is how much we underrated um, how valuable it is to know that one player, DeMar DeRozan is going to get that opportunity in every spot, no matter who is guarding him, no matter if they double team him, he's going to, he's going to be the guy that wants a wants to take that shot and B makes it a lot of times. Um, Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. What game? What yeah. game did I mean, Pop? Yeah. Pop drew up that play, the inbounds play from Rudy to uh, to Lonnie at the rim. Uh, what game was that? Where they 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 screwed it up uh, with 16 seconds left? Was it Boston uh, Philly? But anyway, it might have been that, Boston. Yeah, that was a clutch situation where Pop actually drew up the play for for Lonnie. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. It might have, if it was Philly, then Demar wasn't playing, so that would, that would, kind of make sense. Yeah. Our viewers um, are screaming at us right, right now. So they know the answer, and these idiots on the podcast have no idea what they're talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be. I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Last week was hard. The 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 late games are hard. You know, they're they're not they're not so hard when you're uh, in in Sacramento and in uh-huh. Portland and covering them at a normal hour. But uh, staying up to work a game past uh, 1 a.m. is 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 tough on uh, old men like, such as myself, who have, especially when those old men have uh, have children that have to get to school in the morning. So my brain can be a little foggy at times, and the games run together. There's also been, I think this is accurate, 742 games uh, since March. Uh-huh. So they all run well, together. Well, you're telling yourself. Anyhow, well, going back to what I was going to going back to what I was going to say, they are going to miss Demar in terms of uh, knowing who who you're going to go to, um, you know, in a clutch situation for a clutch basket. But I mean, the team I feel really bad for that's never going to be able to figure that out is the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> like you don't want to be the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Yeah. I have no idea who should get the ball in a big situation. Yeah. 
it's it's you wouldn't want to be it, Steve Nash. It um, was Boston. It was trouble. Boston. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was the game. Okay. Yeah, I cheated. I looked it up. It's Boston. I wanted to let the the viewers. Uh, or, or, You're not supposed to do research for this. Come on. I know it. I know. But I, I did let, say I said Boston or Philly. So you're right. I also want to let the viewers know that um, after Jeff told his sob story of all his trauma and and hardships, that uh, <laughs> you know Jeff, Jeff Jeff should mention his GoFundMe Jeff. so people could contribute to to him and help him get through this very very difficult time. Fund? Yeah, yeah. Give me a nice weighted blanket. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, um, the so. I'm almost loath to do this because as much as I enjoy the listeners and, and, and people are supportive, um, like I, I still consider, uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like we're opening up the flood floodgates. If we actually acknowledge that they have questions that we should answer, like, I don't know if, if, if once we answer this one, then we're going to get others. And, you know, do, do we really want to have to answer the public? Like, like, are you guys, are you guys okay with that? I mean, you sound like you should run for office. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I prefer autonomy and not having any consequences. not having anyone yeah. to answer to, That's... but I suppose we can do one. Luis Vasquez, our producer put out a, put out a, uh, a call for questions. And we got one from freaking Australia. Can you believe that? Hey, like that's a long way. That's a long way to send a question. I I I don't know how podcasts work, but maybe they're the only people up when, when we, when we air. (laughs) That that might be right. Okay. We'll answer this question. We'll see how it goes. And then if people want to send more, I guess we could do more. Um, I just want to, I just don't want the listeners to feel too powerful. Um, anyway, so the cheetah from at the cheetah from uh, Melbourne, Australia says, how good a defender is Keldon Johnson currently? And how do you rate his potential to improve as a defender? Love listening to the show from Melbourne, Australia. Thanks guys. We appreciate you cheetah. So I don't, so, so, yeah, so I don't know how to rate that though. Now you sound like a scale of one to 10. Yeah. <laughs> so now this, uh, well, this could be a fun part of the podcast is now the the listeners get to know exactly how it feels to be the polarizing Jeff McDonald because you just asked a question to an to to a so-called authority figure that you thought was well thought out and then that person just throws it back in your face because Greg Pop if Greg Popovich was asked that question he'd say I don't know how to rate that what do you want a number yeah, and what do I, what do I have? Do I have a meter, some kind of meter that gauges this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is how we're going to answer all the questions. Now, just crap on them. <laughs> now we have a good <laughs> ask us ask us a question. Jeez, Louise, jeez, Louise. Ask us a question that just we can just mock. Jeez, Louise. I think. Now the one the, the one that's gonna the, the answer that's gonna be hard to come across on the uh, podcast. Uh-huh is the one where he just stares into space and doesn't answer at all. I think that play. That's not going to really yeah. uh, translate. Yeah. Do you guys, hey, hey, but, Cheetah yeah. from Melbourne, Australia, did you stay up all night thinking of that question to ask me? That's what yeah. I'm go to. <laughs> no, we, this is, it's a good question. I think that Keldon Johnson is a fine defender right now, and he has the potential to improve. How about that? <laughs> 
I will. Can I, I will answer seriously. I'll be the one that does it. I mean, I don't really have a great. I don't have a great answer. No, I, 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 I really, I really hope that you, I really hope that you do. Go ahead. I don't have a great answer, but uh, I mean, he's not one of the guys you think of as the Spurs lockdown defenders. Right. I mean, I think people throw Dejounte Murray and 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 Derek White in that category. Right. Um, you know, when you think of them, but you know, Keldon has drawn some of the most difficult matchups yeah. of the of of the season just based on the position he plays. Last night, kind of Giannis was his problem mm-hmm. um, to defend. Um, so it's, 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 it's hard to gauge in that sense because he's, he's often guarding some of the, some of the toughest matchups on the team and, and guys that are bigger than him, but you know, he has the physical skills and he has the want to, and you know, he's also only 21 years old. So I think once he figures out, um, you know, cause playing defense, isn't just those things. It's not just your skills and your want to, those are the starting points. You also, it's a learned thing. Like you have to learn how to do it at the NBA right. level how to how to not play with your hands how to play with how to move with your feet uh, how to be in the right place at the right time it's all comes with playing a lot so i think he he'll he'll improve in that just like he'll improve in everything else um as he goes forward well that a good answer to, sure and and I, I i think the cheetah appreciates that and i think to kind of um build off of that topic that's a, that's nice of him from from melbourne to uh, to start this I feel like that um, was that was Pop answering a question. If he was that was Pop answering a question. If it was like a New York right. or L.A. when he wants, if he wanted to be nice, actually. Uh, so. um, wh- where do you see his best role Th- this year? He's basically been playing power forward all season. I'm not sure how they list the positions officially, but he's 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 playing the four in this lineup um, for all intents and purposes. Is he out of position there or in this modern NBA? Um, does he need to be, does he need the Spurs to have two guys bigger than him in the lineup to, 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 to where he's not guarding Giannis and Siakam and some of these guys that he's, he's guarded this year. I mean, he'd probably enjoy that not having to guard the two time MVP. Um, yeah, he, but I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what, I don't know how to do. I don't know how to arrange that. Like, okay, uh, he is put, what he is right now. He has to play. What he has put to it play. another way. Um, do if the Spurs are going to be drafting in uh, a few months? Do they? What? Where? Where is their need if they wanted to add a starter for this lineup? Is it a? Uh, it's obviously not a point guard. Is it a wing player or is it a uh, more interior player? Um, well, optimally it will be, a, it would be a, uh, a big man who can play around the rim, but also shoot yeah. threes, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if you get that at, at, you know, 11, 12 or wherever the Spurs will be. Or it could be via free agency. You know, it's not like they tanked and got the first pick and can pick right. whatever they want. Yeah. Um, w- one thing that Kel, that, I mean, this isn't really the question you asked. Go ahead. But uh, one thing that would help help Keldon be a little, maybe a little more versatile is uh, if he could if he could shoot the three point. Yeah. With any any more. Um, I think he, consistency. I think he'll get there and yeah. do and do anything in between and do anything in the in between game. Like the, it's it's. Yeah. He does get in these modes where he's not hitting the three, and uh, all he really knows to do from there is just put his head down and go, which is admirable. Like he's being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're playing a team that maybe doesn't have the best interior defense, he can get a lot done that way. But against some of these teams that have guys that can really clog the paint against them, 
um, he just goes in there against like Rudy Gobert and it, it, it doesn't work out for him. So if he had another option, yeah. um, whether it be yeah. just knocking down the three at a, a 40% rate, I think he's at 30 right now. I mean, if he could add 10% to that three point game at some point and also develop this mid range game where they run him off the line, he takes a couple dribbles, doesn't go all the way to the rim where, you know, Rudy Gobert is eating him for lunch. Uh, and just pulls up from 10, 12 and knocks down that. And all that would help him be a more versatile player. You could play him in, in different situations at different spots. Um, because I do think you're right. In, an, in a perfect world, he's not guarding Giannis, mm-hmm. every, you know, the Giannis types every night. That's somebody with a little more size and, and mobility. I mean, but the person that guards Giannis has to have mobility too. You can't just have two Yaka Pirtles out there. Right? Yeah. So, Speaking of Keldon. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough call. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, speaking of Keldon, one of the one of the great things about a, a rare Spurs blowout is is the cameras will catch him on the bench mm-hmm. with his sideline antics, like last night after uh, Gorgie's, uh, uh, you know, rim to rim laying with the ending with the Euro step, and uh, you know, uh, Keldon Keldon doing the imitation on the sidelines is always always entertaining. One thing that so, we miss during this I'm, pandemic is not being around the players enough to kind of get a feel of who's who's who, who the locker room likes, how they get along, that type of thing. But you can tell even oh, it's got to through, yeah. through, through the broadcast how much everybody enjoys Kelton. Um, oh yeah, it seems like just everybody does. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm the one thing I'm going to miss when they put um, fans back in the arena, and you can't. Hear things is hearing Keldon just scream in empty gyms after doing yeah. right. good things. Yeah. I'm going to miss that. Yep. Um, one thing that you never will miss um, if you go to expressnews.com and subscribe. You're a little, yeah, you're squeezing in under the gun. Yeah. <laughs> one thing you'll never miss is any of the breaking news happening with the local cagers or anything happening in the entire South Texas region, city of San Antonio. Did you get the best? up-to-date information analysis uh find out what's happening in your community you can get every now and then um just star investigative reporters like our tom ringo orsborne uncovering dirt in the community just making make making your your community a better place to live uh go to expressnews.com subscribe to the spurs nation newsletter we'd really appreciate it we'd also appreciate it if you rate our podcast um, be honest because we are a podcast of truth. We are a organization of truth and we would not like you to lie about how much our podcast stinks. We want you to tell the truth about how great it is. So go ahead and rate that. That helps us a lot. And uh, we are hitting the stretch run. Is there anything that I missed this week, fellow panelists, that you think we should discuss? Um, the, the, the Spurs are having a former assistant coach inducted in the Hall of Fame this week. That's a Positive note to end on. Oh yeah, that is um, one of the one of uh, the more uh, legendary assistant coaches this league has had. Uh, yes, which, uh, and of course I'm I'm referring to Ime Yudoka. <laughs> yes. Um, so the, I can't believe we made it this far without mentioning Timmy. Um, that's a oversight on my part. Um, but again, this is you're trying to end on an, on on a high note. I'm kind of bummed by the fact that um, this, first of all, is happening on the same day that the his team plays a basketball game. Like, that's weird. Yes. 
Yes, it's all messed up. Second of all, that there's not the pomp and circumstance of, you know, induction weekend. And most years you'd have a express news reporter or two up there covering it, soaking in the scene, talking to people, um, listening to the speech, that type of stuff. That's not going to happen. Um, and I, I, it, it's, it's still a cool deal, but I, 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 it's, it's, it kind of, it kind of bumps me a little bit that you're, you're not getting the whole. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, you know, you know, you know me, I don't like to, I don't like to leave my house for any reason whatsoever, uh-huh. but I, I would have enjoyed going up there and covering Timmy's, Timmy's hall of fame induction. Like that's something I was looking forward to for five years. And then, you know, the pandemic was really inconvenient. To me. What, yeah. you, what a great, uh, what a great, um, what what is it? Unconspill, Connecticut. Yeah. What a, what a great dateline to add to your. Oh yeah. yeah. And Jeff's Jeff's had a few good great Mo- datelines date through his career. The Mohegan yeah. Sun, right? Yeah. Aren't they having it at a casino? Yeah. <laughs> Which Tim probably would appreciate that more than the than the than the other stuff. Um, ability to just go up. Yeah. You, you know, and we, they, uh, like the night before a game in, in new Orleans, I'm not spilling any, Tea. any secrets here, but you'd go into that uh-huh. Harris Harris casino and you'd, you'd see some spurs in there every yeah. now and then. Some spurs, the uh, and one of my favorite scenes, was, uh, one of my favorite scenes was watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, uh-huh. you know, they, they like to go to bed uh-huh. early. Um, and I'll, I will, I will, uh, I will stress that I never, uh, I never saw a spur there after uh-huh. me. Like they were all leaving before I was. But one of my favorite scenes was watching Timmy in in line. If you can picture like the like the yes. ropes, you're in line to like cash yes. out, and you just got like a handful of twenty dollars, kind of shuffling in line. Like, yes, yeah, it's just like shuffling in line, like with the re- with the rest of the 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 roof there at the New Orleans casino. Yes. Like like he was like twelfth in line, just staying there patiently, yeah. shuffling through one of his cars. Just cargo shorts and t shirt. Nobody bothered yeah. him or anything. It yeah, it was really um, the the joke has been that um, you know Timmy's uh, in, inductions speech is acceptance speech is going to be thirty seconds, but I, I I think he'll be it much like when his um, jersey was retired. You know, he didn't speak for an hour. But I think he'll have things to say. People, above all, th- people to thank, um, and I, I, I think it'll be an entertaining little glimpse of of Tim Duncan. So that's something to look forward to this week. Many things to look forward to. As always, we in this podcast looking at the bright side. We've got a play-in tournament, which should be one of the uh, most riveting play-in tournaments in NBA history. That's going to be coming up next week. Uh, you've got Tim Duncan going into the Hall of Fame. You probably have milestones and momentous events of your own. And in the meantime, we just implore you to keep taking care of each other and to keep it real. 